The biggest thing you gave me was time. I've always been a proponent of do the job, do it well. When you're a family, everyone in the family has to be treated with respect. I couldn't have done this without you coming here to, to K-State. You've been my confidant and, and in the room with me. I want to know who you really are, right? You can put whatever you want on paper, but that that doesn't really matter. These teachers, they meet the learner wherever he is. They don't care what you know. <laughs> Until they know how much you care. Be aggressive. That's when. Here we go. I'm a coach. I'm not a whatever a podcaster is. You know, I'm not a creator. Um, but but it's been cool to have people like you. It's been cool to have coaches and ads and most people from the sports world. But, but you know, again, like I told you, I just started being important to have you a big time leader, guy who's written 26 books, 12 bestsellers, one of them, and I have to let you know this, the energy bus, and I tell people this all the time, it changed my life. Wow. It changed my life in a way that, that it, it, in the book, book you talk about missions, and it, and it gave me the direction to have missions in my life. And I've written them down, and I read them all the time to make sure I'm, I'm, I'm rolling in that way. So we want to jump into you, though. What I'd like for you to do is just take us through your story, John. Take us through your journey that has you sitting here today. Like I said, the author of 26 books, and uh, speaking to Fortune 500 companies all over the world. Take us through that journey that has you where you are today. Well, Van, first I want to say it's an honor to be with you, and I appreciate your kind words. And the fact that the energy bus made a difference in your life means, you know, everything to me. Because when I wrote that book, I was struggling. When I wrote that book, I was going through a lot of fear and doubt. And my life was crumbling in many ways. I needed a change in my life. I needed hope. I needed belief. And then I met Joy, the bus driver, and everything yeah. changed in my life. And I met her basically as I was writing this book. The idea came to me in a walk. And as I started writing this book, I realized the bus driver's name was Joy. And I saw her so clearly, big smile, hey, sugar. And I just knew that like she was meant to teach me as much as the character. So I was literally writing this book that I needed to learn, that I need to live. And George was based on me and my own personal struggles with negativity, adversity, and challenges. That was me. I was just like George and I needed to change in my life and my wife threatened to leave me. And if I didn't change, like, like she was gone. So I agreed to change. And that began this journey of working to become a more positive person. So the guy who's now written actually 27 books and 28 is actually coming out in June, end of June. It's called the one truth. I'm so excited for this book. I think it's going to have a huge impact on people's lives, but the guy who was written all these books was the guy who needed hope, who needed to overcome his challenges, who was very negative, who was miserable, who was depressed. But I took the wheel of that bus and I became the driver of my own bus, along with God, along with faith, along with a lot of trust. I allowed God to guide me. And then I started to work harder. I started to believe more. I started to live this purpose and passion. I realized when I asked God, what am I born to do? Writing and speaking came to me. Okay, I'm going to start writing and speak, speaking. I don't know what I'm going to write about, but I'm going to start <laughs> doing it. 
And I wanted to be more positive. And so that's what came to me. I want to be more positive. Start writing about what you're doing to be more positive. And that began this work, this journey, this life that I'm now living is the result of wanting to be better myself and then help other people get better. It's why I do what I do. It's why I've had a really hard day, a long day. Just got back from South Dakota last night. Was up this morning speaking to a high school. 10 Zooms later, tons of phone calls. Daughter struggling, son struggling, helping them through their challenges. And then now I'm here with, with you. It's why I didn't say, hey, Van, I can't do it. There were moments I wanted to say, Van, can we reschedule? But I'm like, nope, you made this commitment. You're going to do this work. And I remember being on my hands and knees saying, God, provide for me and I will do your work. Provide for my family because I was almost bankrupt like several times. And then writing that book, The Energy Bus, just changed my life. People started reading the book. Got rejected by over 30 publishers first. But then it came out. People started reading it. Next thing you know, it starts to spread, starts to go viral. And my life has never been the same since people started reading that book. But the best part of all is hearing stories like yours when people say that book changed my life. I know that's why I was meant to write that book for the people who are meant to read it, to have life impact. Again, I was just a conduit that the idea came to me and through me. And then people read this book. And now this is what I do. I you know, write books and I speak. And every time a new book comes to me, I'm almost like, no, come on, not another one. And because it's like, <laughs> I know I got to write it. I got to sit down. It's like, it's in me. I got to get it out. And then next thing you know, I got to read the audio book, which I do not like reading the audio books of books, but I've got to do every book. I, I, I shouldn't say I got to, I get to, I get to do every book via audio, but, yeah. but it's the least thing I, I love most about about this process of writing and speaking is reading the audiobooks, And that's what's coming next for the one truth. But I know, okay, if someone's going to read it, it's going to make a difference. That also keeps me going as well. So funny story about you and your audiobook, the thing that you hate. So, so our staff was assigned to read the energy bus. I get the audiobook, and I'm on the audiobook. They're reading it. And so I don't tell anybody I'm audiobooking it. So I'm well ahead of everyone. So yeah. when we talk about it there, like I'm versed on everything because I hear your voice, right? right. So they're like, how, did, how are you getting into this book so much? You know? <laughs> and so I kept that secret for the entirety of the, of the staff assignment. And then at the end, I told everybody, because I, I was done with the book and they were like, how do you finish so fast? <laughs> and so I did finally divulge that read the book. Oh, uh, that I listened to the book. So I appreciate your audio book. Next question. Who, because you've been around some phenomenal leaders, but who is, who is the best leader that you've been around? And what did that person bring to your life in terms of leadership? It's hard to say just one. There's been so many great leaders I've met on the journey. George Raveling, you know, is one of the greatest leaders I've met. I'm sure you know George. Yeah. And a life changer. His curiosity as a leader, I think is key. He's always learning, always growing, always striving to get better. An incredible leader. Dabo Sweeney is definitely top of my list in terms of leadership. The way he's turned around Clemson football, his leadership, his optimism, his faith, the way he builds relationships, 
his fierce competitiveness. This guy is so competitive. I experienced it firsthand. We played basketball when I was up visiting just a couple of weeks ago, and he was a fierce competitor. I'm winning. It was a shooting contest. I make my shot. If he misses the next one, I win. He makes it. I make the next one. If he misses, I win. Yeah. He makes it. He would not lose. He's yeah. such a fierce competitor. And I was like, okay, now it makes sense why he's such a great coach. Cause he brings the fierce competitiveness of an athlete. Cause he was actually a division one level basketball player, as well as a college football player. So he was a much better athlete than I thought. He's a really good athlete. He's a fierce competitor. And then he brings it to his coaching along with the key characteristics of leadership of love and accountability. You know, I love you, but I'm holding you accountable to the standards, the values, the principles. And guess what? I'm not going to let you settle for mediocrity because if you love someone, you're going to challenge them to greatness, but don't push them to greatness. Call them up to greatness, lift them up to greatness, challenge them, love them, but also make them better. Show them what the standard looks like and then show them how they're falling short of the standard and then challenge them to meet that standard, but support and love and encourage along the way. You got to do both on the journey. And that's one of the key components of leadership. Right. Well, John, your words, you sound like a coach and you're well on your way. You know what I mean? Staying up all night, <laughs> country, you, you're, you should be a coach. Uh, I, well, I, am a co I am a coach and I'm a teacher. My subject is just positive leadership and building positive teams. And having right. been a, an athlete, you know, I was a division one athlete being a division one athlete, you know, who was a fierce competitor myself. I think like a coach, I think like an athlete, I know what the mindset is like. And I think that's why my work has resonated. I didn't go after sports when I wrote my books. It just naturally went there. I was shocked when it did. I did not expect to work with the greatest leaders, the greatest coaches and the greatest teams on the planet. That has been the biggest blessing of my life to be able to do yeah. that. And it was not what I expected. I didn't search for it. I didn't seek it. It came to me. And I think it's because I just thought that way. I'll never forget Jack Del Rio asking me to come meet with him. I go down to the Jacksonville Jaguars facility. He read my book, the energy bus. It just came out. We're talking 2007. That's a long time ago. He yeah. reads the book, loved it, loved the part about energy vampires. I'm now sitting across from him. Jack Del Rio, legendary football player, now a coach in the NFL is telling me, he read my book, I'm 35 years old. And he says, hey, I'd love for you to come speak to my, to my team. I'm like, okay, I'd love to speak. I said, I won't charge you, but how about you get a copy of the book for every player on the team and then I'll come speak. And he goes, done, let's like do that. it. And so he got a copy for all the players, all the guys. I spoke to the team and here I am walking, first time ever into a facility like that. I'm walking down. Mike Tice, I'll never forget as I walked by, Mike Toast was the tight end coach. He said, uh, Strong Island, because he knew I was from Long Island as yeah. I walked by. <laughs> and I, I got my Brioni suit on, I wear the suit. You know, I'm like, you know, go to speak to the team, yeah. got my suit. And I'm going in front of the team. And, I, and next thing you know, I don't even remember. I was just like, boom, 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 boom. And I just brought the fire, the heat, the principles, the energy bus. No energy vampires allowed. I don't remember what I said. But man, it resonated. And I was like, oh, I guess I guess I was meant to do this. Wild how that happened. <laughs> yeah. And I've been speaking to teams ever since. But what, a, what an incredible moment the first time being there. Fred Taylor was on that team. Maurice Jones-Drew was like a rookie 
or second yeah. year at the time. Like he was, he was young. My book training camp was inspired by Maurice Jones drew. And yeah. I'll, I'll never forget being at a, at the facility watching Jaguars practice years later, years later. And Maurice Jones drew was retired and he was standing there. And he goes, man, I love your book training camp. I'm like, really? I go, it was actually inspired by you. He had no idea. It was so cool to tell him that. Well, that's, that's cool. That's cool. So you give him it to me a little bit, but, but, my as a coach, I always want to know, right, for my players, what what is their why? What drives you? What is your thing? So this is a two part question. Like, what drives you, and and what is your game day? What is what what, what is the that what happened? What what is that thing that rings the bell for you? Right? What is your drive and what's your game day? That's good. A great questions. I love that, man. Never heard about what's your game day before. That's that's awesome. What coach. drives me? To inspire and encourage as many people as possible, one person at a time. And when I got up at seven this morning to, to speak to these kids in high school, part of a whole sports program, I can't do this all the time or with everyone, but this one I was able to accept. And I came back late last night and I'm thinking, ah, oh, you know, last thing I want to do is get up early and go do this after be traveling the last 10 days, first time at home. Yeah. But I'm like, you know what? There's a kid in that audience that I could impact his life right now. Then I might say one thing yeah. that will impact this kid's life. Yeah. And that's been happening to me now. Like literally all the people in their thirties, Hey, you came to my college when I was 18, 19 years old, I was a freshman sophomore and you came to Notre Dame softball and you came to this team and you came here and like a couple are now married. They went to Nebraska together and played sports, you know, on different teams, obviously. And, and um, they they reached out and said that they still read my books to this day. And now they're reading my kids' books to their kids. So what drives me is the one. Knowing that yeah. you can make a difference in one person's life. And it's that one person that you could impact and inspire. That person will go on to impact other people. And I would say that's what drives me. Because I know I'm going to die. And I know that I'm not going to live forever. I know that 100 years from now, my books might not even be written me never make the light of day except for the basement or the attic of my kids' homes, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, or some great-grandchild's going to say, who's this guy? Ah, some family member wrote books. <laughs> oh, Grandpa John. <laughs> yeah, you don't know. Like, it, it, it may not, right? It may not make a difference. It may, it may, you don't know. So what drives me? That you can make a difference right here, right now, in someone's life and that every moment is an eternal moment the eternal moment which is in the present moment right here right now that's an eternal moment you could have an eternal impact with that internal moment so to me that's what life's all about is making a difference and what's that game day ringing the bell for me it's you gotta get on stage and you gotta speak and whether it's a team or i just got back from juice plus and the 5,000 women that were in the audience and speaking to them and whether it's that or, or a small group of executives, you have to get up there and you've got to talk and you got to encourage, you got to inspire and you got to deliver. Like yeah. people are giving you their time. So you got to add value. You got to make a difference and you got to bring something that's going to help them get better. You know, I spoke to the Chicago Bulls and you're standing in front of these guys. If you don't have something that's going to make them better, they're going to tune you out very quickly. 
Right. So you got to make sure that one, they know you don't have an agenda. And two, you're here to add value. And three, be authentic. And if you could do that, right, you'll capture them and they'll want to listen to you. So you got to deliver. And it's that moment where you go, like, maybe I don't have it today, you know, or there's that little fear. Every great player has it. You know it. Maybe I don't have it today. That little fear, the big fear paralyzes you. But that little fear is what makes you great. It puts you on edge. Well, love makes you great. But that little fear pushes you and gets you a little revved up and ready to go. So for me, like, ding, 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 UFC fight or boxing, whatever it is, or game time. I got to be ready to perform from, from the moment that bell rings and I got to start delivering because people are there to see me and being an athlete, it's like game day. You have to perform and you have to bring your best. Right. Right. So I got two more questions and now these questions are cool. Right. So, so the first question is what is, and you've done a lot of great things, but what is the proudest moment of your career? Wow. Proudest moment of my career. So one of the best moments was being on the sidelines with Clemson football when we won the national championship. So I'm with the team. Being there in that moment was one of those one of the most spiritual moments of my life because to see how that game unfolded, to see how they won, knowing it was going to happen and having like a spiritual sign that it was going to happen and then to see it happen incredible moment but the most proud moment of my life or my career probably is not professional but it's at home it's knowing that even though i was out there on the road even though i was out there speaking when i came home i was really present with my family and my daughter who's 24 years old that's probably one of the proudest moments of my life is seeing my daughter now do this work and my daughter is now a speaker. So to see her now deliver, to see her speak, to see her living her mission, to see her doing that, knowing that she's doing it because she saw the impact positive leadership makes on her and made on her because I was a negative leader actually. And I was a negative dad early on. And she quit lacrosse, the sport she was playing because of me. But then I changed. And she decided to play again. And then I became someone who encouraged her. And because I encouraged her, she saw the power of positive leadership. And I saw her rise up to her full potential. And then she winds up being named an All-American her junior year. And if I don't encourage her, she would not be the player that she became. And if I was a negative leader, she wouldn't be the person that she became. So I think the proudest moment is that I changed that I went from negative to positive, that I started to put into practice positive leadership. And I, was always, I would always say to her, you're unstoppable, Jane. You're unstoppable, Jane. You're unstoppable. And guess what, man? She was very stoppable. But I kept saying she was unstoppable. And eventually she became unstoppable because of my encouragement. So she starts speaking and she's nervous and she's fearful. And I didn't push her into that at all. I didn't tell her to do it. I didn't think she would do it. She came to me and said she wanted to start doing it. I'm like, okay. Next thing you know, she's doing it. But she was fearful. And she was all nervous. And I told her, Jade, you're unstoppable. unstoppable. <laughs> you're unstoppable. And then I would also say, you're impactful. You're unstoppable. You're impactful. So to me, that was one of the proudest moments of my career. And then also my son, who struggled during COVID in college, came home for a year, like a lot of kids really struggled. 
and to be there for him during that time and, and to help him through it was probably one of the proudest moments of my career. You know, I think as you talk about that, as a coach, I'm, I'm away from home right now, but, but as a coach, as coaches, we, we spend a lot of time raising other people's kids. Yeah. We spend time helping other families. We spend a lot of time outside our circle and, and it's such a blessing to have a family that, that understands that. And, and I think, you know, people like us, and I talk to Ben about this all the time, people like us, we have to understand the great blessing that is. And we have to make sure that we honor the sacrifices that our families, that they make. Because if they didn't make the sacrifice, we've been put on the earth to do what we do. Right. And if they didn't make these sacrifices, it would be a miserable existence for us because we're yeah. going to do what we do, you know, and and then we go home and these people show us, you know what, you're letting me down. Right. But they don't. They continue to encourage us to impact the world positively. So yeah, I agree. Question. I agree with that. But I also think man, I agree with that. But I think we have to go home and make sure we're giving our family, our love, our time and our energy. I asked my daughter, did I, I asked her, did I travel too much? I feel like I was on the road all the time and I was gone too much. She was dad, I don't remember you gone. I remember <laughs> when you were home. And to me, I think that's an important point. Now it's important to be home, but knowing you're a coach, you're gonna be on the road a lot, but when you are home, be present, giving no. your time, giving your no. energy, FaceTime them. Bring them on the road with you sometimes. Allow them to experience what your life is like so they can see it and know it. Connect them to you and your mission and your purpose. Make them a part of it. And then you have to stay a part of their lives as well. And the more we do that, they'll recognize it. And they saw me live, they saw me live my mission and passion and purpose. They saw me do that. And I think it's gonna be easier for them to do it. But I also, again, I know a lot of dads, they're gone all the time. And then when they're home, they're not home either. And that's the key. Be present. Right. Which that is a lesson I learned. Uh, a, a, a more seasoned coach than I, Joe Kynes, he said to me one day, he said, listen, your family is not a pillow. You can't, you can't just pick them up when you want to, you know, get a hug and want to get, you know, some love and then throw them away when you want to go play golf. You know? That's good. You, you you have to understand, like you just said, that you have to make sure that you're present at those moments. Yeah. My final question is, is when you look back at the young John Gordon, you look back at this dude uh, 15, 20 years ago, if you could go back and talk to that guy, right? What, what would you say to him that he just couldn't get back then that you know today, that you absolutely know today what could you, what would you say to that guy if you could have a conversation with him? I would say, don't fear it, love it. Because love is more powerful than fear. And anything you try to build with fear will crumble. But if you build it with love, that will endure. And love casts out fear. So the minute you focus on love, fear will dissipate. So don't fear the outcome. Just love the journey, love the process, love the moment, love the battle, love the competition, love all of it. And if you focus on love, fear has no power over you. And then you become a powerful force in the world when you have that love moving through you and you're sharing that with others. Pavarotti, the famous opera singer, say everybody wants the audience to love them, but I love the audience. You know what? 
love the audience, love people, love the moment, love that opportunity that you have to make a difference. And so for me, it's the greatest principle I share with athletes and coaches. They're worried about the outcome. They're worried about getting drafted. They're worried about messing up. They're worried about what the coach thinks, what the media thinks. Now, you just focus on playing and loving the game and loving the competition. And you love competing in that moment. If you do that and love it, guess what? You're going to perform at your highest level. Because fear creates that divide in you that makes you anxious. And the root word for anxious, the Greek word means to divide, to separate. And so when you're anxious, you actually feel divided. But love creates connection. Connection creates clarity. Clarity creates confidence. And confidence creates courage. And so the more connection we have from love, the more clarity we have. Then we're in the zone. Then we have this confidence. And then we have this courage. And I wrote about this in my new book, The One Truth, that comes out in June. And I'm teaching players and athletes and performers and coaches have a higher state of mind instead of a lower state of mind? How do we elevate our state of mind so we perform at a higher level? And that's what I'm teaching. This is revolutionary stuff. It's new stuff. And it's like no one has ever heard before. It's going to transform a lot of lives because I've already been teaching it to a bunch of athletes without the book. And it's had such a huge impact. And now I'm teaching it to others. But it's love instead of fear is the ultimate lesson of that. Well, that means I'm going to have to get my, my cornerbacks the one truth. Uh, because that's, we always, we have a, a book communication and we, someone, someone has read a good book, we always share it. And so we're going to, just like we did many years ago as a staff with the energy bus, that's a great idea that I'm going to, I'm going to have my, my players lock in on the one truth. John, I, I appreciate you, man. I, listen, if you write a book, I'm all over it. All those <laughs> books behind you right there. Right. I'm all over those. And I appreciate you for what you do. I appreciate your time. And uh, man, uh, I'm gonna let you get you some rest. Uh, but once again, like the kids say, your your opportunity, your, your being here tonight was fire. Right. <laughs> and you brought the heat, you know. And so well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate what you do. You know, coaches are my heroes because coaches change the course of your lives. And it was the coaches in my life who changed my life. And I want to leave you with what my coach said before he passed away. I talked to him a few weeks before he died. He died about a year ago. And I reached out to him, told him I loved him. He said, John, remember, teammates are forever. Yeah. Teammates are forever. And I said, so are coaches who change the course of your life. Without you, I'm not me. And you, you know, you're a great coach when your players are saying that. So, Hey coach, you're like that. I know you are. And we got to inspire other coaches to go out there and be a forever coach and a forever coach invests in you, believes in you, supports you, encourages you, and will change the course of your life forever. <laughs>